evil old house, the kind some people call haunted, is like an undiscovered country waiting to be explored. Hill House had stood for 90 years and might stand for 90 more. Silence lay steadily against the wood and stone of Hill House. And whatever walked there, walked alone. Hello and welcome back to The Brew Interviews, the only haunted beer show. Haunted by our shortcomings, sadly. I am Robbie, and joining me as always via the internet is my best friend, Lauren. It is episode 94, and gee whiz, do we have a good one for you. Tonight we are joined by another golden ghoul in a spooky movie review to help celebrate the season. This week on The Brew Interviews. You are traveling through another dimension. A dimension of not only sight and sound, but of beer. A journey into a wondrous podcast whose boundaries are that of imagination and dirty thoughts. It's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, The Brew Interviews. This episode of The Brew Interviews is sponsored by AdamandEve.com, but you'll hear more about them later on in the show. For now, Lauren, we have a guest this week. We most certainly do. We are joined by Emily, one of the three fine ladies that host the supernatural spooky podcast, The Golden Ghouls. Welcome, Emily. Yay! What's up, you guys? I'm so happy to be here. Whoa. Y'all are so very, fun. very long overdue. I know. I know. We've it's been a huge gap between you and Alyssa, and now like I feel like we have to like gap out between like you and Kylie. Gap like, out. <laughs> gap out. Yeah, gap <laughs> out. We gotta Why not? gap them out. Yeah. Come on, it's the lingo all the cool kids are using these days. Oh, no, we're all so busy. But I'm glad we're here now. We're bad at emailing. That's literally all it is. Like, I think Lauren sends a response and she thinks I send a response and then nobody sends a response. So it's just kind of literally all the time. I'm just I'm really bad at like communicating over email anyways. So like it just doesn't. Yeah, that's why we have Alyssa because same with me and Kylie, you know. Just running it. Yeah, I'm 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 a Gemini. So I'll see a text and then I'm just like, I thought I responded, but I didn't. You know, is Lauren a Gemini? Uh, no, I'm a Virgo, but I do the exact same. Thing. Uh, okay. It's just every it's, every it's uh, just us. sign. Is just that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I used to. Now that I have an iPhone and like people have read receipt, like yeah, I, like now I'm like kind of held accountable. <laughs> Either that or I just avoid my like text messages all day long. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> just keep the phone away. Hide it. What you have to do is just look at the screen, and it'll show you the message. What it says, at least most of it. But don't actually open it, and it still leaves it as not read. Yeah, well, so. that's what I do. But like, then the message is like way longer than just the little tiny screen. I'm like, oh, I want to know what the rest of the message. <laughs> then says. respond to the goddamn message. How hard is it? It's usually me anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know. I try to avoid you at all costs, baby. <laughs> sake. Oh, y'all are fun. So as you know, on the podcast, we drink alcohol, Emily, and I know uh, the Golden Ghouls dabble in a little bit of alcohol. I I do. you're like yes right i certainly do now that we've been confined to our homes i um i you know i bring out the bottles every now every monday popping bottles you know i partake and you know in the fun of life it's not a problem it's a hobby and the fun that life has to offer you know 
So yeah, exactly. Through white wine, right? Are you a white or a red wine drinker? Because I know you're drinking wine tonight. I'm drinking white wine. Should I just like go for it and tell you what I'm drinking? Yeah. Okay. So if you ever listen to our podcast on the Golden Ghouls, I'm so bad at pronouncing things. And this is Italian. So forgive me. But it's Vinny Prigatti Pinot Grigio. Straight from Italy. Imported in Austin. It's very dry, but also gorgeous. Try it with some, like, lettuce. (laughs) Some lettuce? Yeah. Some fresh lettuce. Or, like... (laughs) Are we talking romaine or iceberg? You know, I like it all. Romaine or iceberg. I just think (laughs) greenery, you know? I think this would go great with greenery. And, yeah, outside, too. Like, get a salad. Go outside and drink this wine. It's really fresh for the summertime. If you like Santa Margarita Pinot Grigio, which is really popular, you'll probably like this one. I like wine. Good. Yeah. <laughs> That's about as far as our knowledge goes. Like, yeah, I like yeah. wine. I mean, my parents are like huge wine snobs, so my mom would be like, you need like a crisp like chicken Caesar salad to eat in front of a lake with a sunset with this <sighs> wine that has – notes of tannis and is dry yeah that's beautiful and that's exactly what i should have said because that's (laughs) what needs to happen with this wine or like a well you'll just have to come up and well you'll have to have some wine with my mom and then yes let's get together yes that'd be fun perfect my only concern is is it screw off top or is it a cork okay the only thing you got to worry about it's a screw off (laughs) thank god Right? Thank God. Because have you ever been on a picnic and then you and you forgot your corkscrew? Is that what it's called? Have you Not ever, ever even once in my life. you ever done the shoe on the wall trick? No. But I've done like what? the lighter yes. trick where you burn it. I don't know that and one. it pops out. <laughs> you what? just light it on fire. Yeah. <laughs> just light it. It's not, it's like a, like a Matov cocktail. Eventually the cork will burn away. <laughs> Eventually it just squeezes out. This was a long time ago. But yeah. <laughs> nice. Lauren, what about you? What are you drinking? Um, to stay in the spirit of our pumpkin beers, uh, I am drinking a, a favorite of the podcast, and it's, I think, last year's edition of Good Gourd, uh, the Imperial Pumpkin Ale from Cigar City Brewing in Tampa, Florida. Uh, it's 8.8% ABV, and it's just thick and pumpkiny and spicy and delicious. Ooh. You've had that in your fridge for a year? <laughs> No, I've had it in my cabinet for a year. Oh. I put it in my fridge oh, yeah, this right. afternoon. <laughs> but it's good. It's been aging in the dark. It's fine. And I actually had the iteration of the year before that in my cabinet also, but I wanted to drink a fresher one tonight. Is it a series? You know, a fresher one. I like that. And pumpkin. It's good. It's thick. Oh, yeah. It's wicked. Like, this is like the perfect fall beer. It's just She's amazing. right on season. Stuff. This is what I like. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robbie, what are you drinking tonight? Glad you asked, Lauren. Normally you don't. I am oh, yeah, drinking. I uh, it's called Old Engine Oil. Oh, goody. That sounds so we're watching, amazing. <laughs> we're watching an old movie, right? Uh-huh. Old Engine Oil just kind of makes sense. It is a black ale made from Ooh. Harveston Brewing Company out of Scotland. Which oh, I, Scotland. Which Sweet. I just realized. I didn't read it on the back until just now. Cool. And it's not bad. It's your average... They call it a but black dark. ale, but it's definitely just a stout. Well, stouts like. are ales, right? 
Yeah, but why would you put black ale? That makes me think of something totally. Because totally it's hipsters. Well, it's oil, that's what the hipsters right? do. They're like, this is <laughs> yeah, the oil. Like that's an oil vibe. It's hipster lore? Yeah. This company's Instead around of just calling E3. it a stout, they call Oh. <laughs> yeah, but they're trying <laughs> to keep up with the hipsters. Kids. Came out. I don't know, Robbie. <laughs> with yeah, that's when hipsters came out. <laughs> Take a time machine and go back to right at that point. I would love that a time machine, y'all. Also, we're recording on the day that Back to the Future 2, they came on that... October 21st. Oh, yeah. But 2015, wow. so five years ago. A little ago. depressing. And no we still cars, don't have no any hoverboards. hoverboards. Yeah. Look depressing. at where the world is compared to what that shows us. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like it was shit in that version, too. So Well, it's just shit all around. Yeah. It is kind of shit all around. <laughs> um, I... Well, I actually have some questions yes. for Emily before we get started <laughs> on this movie review. Go for it. Now, Emily, I know you use, like, you, obviously we're doing a movie review because you love movies, right? Truly. So you worked in, like, the film industry. You were a PA? Is that what you did? Yeah. Or- so I was the assistant to the executive producers on NCIS Los Angeles. Los Angeles. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So and you met LL Cool J. Yeah. Uh, his name's Todd Smith, and he's a true friend. <laughs> okay. He's a dear friend. I just want to know uh, that. Well, I guess that answers my question. I just want to know what he's like. He was the best thing that happened to me in LA. He was the nicest person. <laughs> I had ever come encounter with. And uh, so I, my job, a part of my job was to drop off scripts to the actors' houses at night. Um, That's so cool. So I would go to each of their houses, usually leave them at their doorstep because it was, it was, con- it was confidential, you know? She so couldn't just leave it in a mailbox out in the street. Who knows yeah. with, who would sneak by? So I'd it's go to their doorstep. In the bushes to take it. Exactly. And Todd was the only one who would stay out and like wait for me. Oh, Todd. To say hey. (laughs) Yeah. Todd. And that was just like the nicest thing. Like nobody else did that. Wow. My mother was in love with Christian um, Eric Olsen, the blonde. But, and and so he was very accommodating. (laughs) He used to take pictures with her every time she would come visit. So he's very nice. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Were were most of the people nice that you met or were there some like real a-holes? They were they were all nice. There's Are you lying? (laughs) (laughs) Look at that eye roll. (laughs) It's like you guys, I'm still like twenty eight. I could go back. You never know. But no, they were all really nice. There was a lot of pressure. We worked really long hours. It was usually 12 to 14 hours a day. Fun. Yikes. Yeah. So. And the payoff is you have an IMDB entry. Yes, I do. (laughs) What? Very exciting, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. I know. I'm a little jealous. I know. I need to get back into it. I just, I, once I decided to leave, I was going to join on for the next season to do the same work I had done. Mm. But 
this is personal, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I went through a breakup, and I and it oh, was no. devastating, and I just couldn't stay in L.A. anymore. So my plan was to get out of there, and I came to Austin, which is closer to home, to be closer to family. But you never know. I love the business. I love entertainment, and I, you know, maybe one day we'll put on those shoes. Did you listen to our interview with Alyssa? I yeah. Mm-hmm. We got super personal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you Don't did. Worry. I was Share like, whatever she's you so want. great at it though. Like for some reason when she like says things, I'm like, God, it's just like, yes, you know? And I'm like, I want to be like, <laughs> like that. so vulnerable. Yeah. So she's I'm the fearless I, leader. Hopefully. <laughs> she is. Who is like the coolest like celebrity you've ever met? Aside from LL Cool J. I feel like I haven't earned the respect Todd. to like Todd. call him Todd. So I, I just, I feel like I need to call him. I'm like, gosh, who, like Todd is the coolest. Um, ooh. One of the most interesting that most people like to hear about is Khloe Kardashian and her, her behind. <laughs> this is, is not sus- where I thought it was going, but okay. <laughs> is real suspect, y'all. It's yeah. real suspect. You, very, what did you do? It's very big. Did you get cop a feel? <laughs> no, I helped her with some jeans one time at Saks in Beverly Hills. What? And you didn't yeah. cop a feel? It was What's before Good American, too, which was cool. Wow. And I was telling her frame was my favorite. And I looked and I was like, my gosh, is that, <laughs> is that real? Because she's not far off from my height, and I'm pretty small. Really? Yeah. Were you helping her put on the jeans? Wait, what was the No, I was texture? just there. Oh, okay. And she just, was asking about it. Uh, spying so. the changing room. And just... Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's so crazy to me that you've met all these people. Jesus. Not Jesus, um, Todd. Yeah, Todd, sorry. Um, so we're watching, oh, we're reviewing an old movie tonight because there's there's a few versions of uh, The Haunting. Now, you chose the 1963 version. Why are you so interested in old Hollywood? Like, what got you interested in that? I mean, I love that question because what's not interesting about history, right? And it is literally kind of like a window into the past, And growing up, my dad collected all of the Best Picture winners from the Academy Awards. And he had this huge collection. And so I used to go and, like, handpick movies and go watch them at night, starting from 1928 to, you know, Shakespeare in Love. So (laughs) crazy. Um, And so, like, I kind of just grew up loving, like, black and white and just loving stories and the way people would tell them and how they would come across on on the pic on the screen Mm -hmm. and so the haunting really attracted me because it's one super scary if you really like get into it and two the like the the cinematography in it is so beautiful and gorgeous and really portrays what shirley jackson had to say in the original novel and so i think it's important that people see it yeah, the novel, I think, came out wow. four years before the movie, I believe. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I, I've never read the book. I have seen this movie before, but it was, you know, 20 years ago when I was a kid. Because my dad also 
you know, still all the old movies, the old black and whites. I only remembered the new one from like what? What is it? Ninety nine, Lord? <laughs> the bad. Yes, nineteen ninety nine is the other version. <laughs> Have you watched the other version? Yeah, it doesn't do it justice. No. <laughs> I so I hadn't hadn't seen any of these movies, and I watched the sixty what is it sixty three version uh, yeah. last night, and then I was like, well, now I have to watch the nineteen ninety nine version because I've watched all of the Haunting of Hill House, like the TV series, so I needed to be able to compare all three. <clears throat> I literally thought the 1999 version was such a piece of shit. <laughs> I hate Owen Wilson, so like what? he just really oh. he's like a he's like a he's like a live action like big mouth like character. Like he just is so creepy wow. to me. Um, yeah, I just and it like was so different from like all of the other like the other two like yeah. Well, he's hard to TV take serious. Shows. He's the fucking worst. Yeah. He's I just can't stand his face. Uh, for those of you not yeah. familiar. The original Haunting came out in 1963. It was directed by Robert Weiss. It had a budget of $1.05 million, which wow. I, it wasn't a lot for back in the day, but it, you know, it was an okay amount. Um, but they only made about a little over $1 million at the box office, so they kind of broke even, kind of. Ooh. Yeah. This was like the second film of Robert Weiss's two-film deal, and the, the company refused to give him any more money. So mm-hmm. $1 million it it's was. It's interesting. It's interesting that that it's like it like kind of flopped because it's like on like the list of like thousand movies you should see before like you die. Like it's yeah. it's kind of a popular movie. It's like, it's I a popular like. on like the horror list, I think. I Yeah. Yeah. yeah I sure. I think there was like a small crowd at the time during the 60s who really like got into the whole horror aspect and certainly ones that weren't campy cuz this one isn't. It's pretty straight, right? Oh yeah. So it's I feel like it would be Sorry, I, I feel like it would be liked by like the Hitchcock kind of yeah. fans. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have like a movie monster. It doesn't have mm-hmm. a costume. You know what I mean? Like there's always back in the day there was always something that had a little costume or something. It's Probably... not like the Blob. It's like hey, the Blob's amazing. <laughs> no, I I agree. I, well, I've never seen it, but I like worked with the lady that wrote it. But like, <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I know, right? Um, it's really cool because it's it's very like it's the since it's not campy and you don't see any ghosts, it's very psychological. You know how it like touches on oh, this could be just a mind game for some of these people, or maybe like distorted, um, you know, perception. This is definitely like trauma manifestation for yeah. sure. It's all psychological. I wrote a whole conspiracy theory about it yeah and see that's (laughs) and i love that and i love doing with the golden ghouls that's like one thing that i like it's like pulling out things in people's stories that just could be like uh maybe that's a psychological thing or just something from a trauma you know that could be like popping back up who knows so i believe the director and i think the screenplay writer had their own theory about this whole movie and in the book and it was like this whole you know like you said it was all a mental thing like she was seeing these things none of it was real and i guess they talked to the original author of the book and she's like no it's a ghost story <laughs> and they're like they're like oh okay uh, oh gee so like, they just like totally read yeah. so far they're like, into, they're like oh nothing. we got super deep and and all this psychological stuff she's like no it's ghosts oh <laughs> it's she, yeah, she's like this is yeah this is a horror over, this is a haunted house it. yeah 
Lauren, what were you going to say? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember at all. <laughs> I'm going to read a quick synopsis. Thank you to IMDB because I didn't have to write this one. Woo. Woo. Dr. Markway, doing research to prove the existence of ghosts, investigates Hill House, a large, eerie mansion with a lurid history of violent death and insanity. With him are the skeptical young Luke, who stands to inherit the house, the mysterious clairvoyant Theodora, and the insecure Eleanor, whose psychic abilities make her feel somehow attuned to whatever spirits inhabit the old mansion. As time goes by, it becomes obvious that they have gotten more than they bargained for, as the ghostly presence in the house manifests itself in horrific and deadly ways. There I couldn't have written that dun, better. Dun, so. dun. <laughs> Honestly, this is so like single white female of me. But if I have kids one day, I hope to have two females. And I want to name them Eleanor and Theodora. Honestly. Poor Theodora. <laughs> Theodora. <laughs> no, but we call her Theo. How cute is that? Obviously. I love that. Or Dora. I would love I really my love name that to nickname. be Theo. And Theo's such a bad yeah. bitch. Like, I love Theo. She's she was a my character, favorite character in the movie. And yeah. she's way before her time. She's way before her time. Uh, she's played by mm. Claire Bloom. Yes. And uh, the main character, Eleanor, is played by Julie Harris, who is primarily a stage actor at this point, it looked like. And for, like, a lot of the rest of her life as well. She was in a movie with James Dean. Really? I was just going to say that. Is mm-hmm. my heart and soul. I have James, if you can see that picture back there behind me, that's James Dean. I have him okay. all over my apartment. He's my idol. I want to be James Dean. <laughs> we can make and that happen now. Is there a song about that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, for my 16th birthday, my, my girlfriends made me a CD just of James Dean songs. Like where there's James Dean in the, <laughs> in the song. In the lyrics. That's so cute. Yes. But Julie Harris, she was in East of Eden with James Dean, one of the three movies he made before he unfortunately passed. Yeah, he passed away. And so, you know, it was about this. <laughs> this movie. It's like, yes, girl, come through. Um, there's a bunch of other actors probably nobody would know because a lot of them are older actors. I, I recognized... Julie Harris. I think that was about it, unfortunately. So so there's actually a fun fact. Um, the guy who plays Luke is actually, if you've seen The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix, he is Nell's psychiatrist. No. It's the same actor in both. Wow. Good for them. Stop. That is yep. such yep. a fun fact. Is that is, Thank you. Is the actor's <laughs> name Russ? Yes, he yes, was it is. also in West Side Story. Who he Robert was in West and Side Robert Story. Wise directed that directed, too. Yeah. <laughs> Russ <sighs> Tamblin. Look at all these full circles. Oh my goodness, that is such a fun fact I did not know, and I'm so excited. There I am. About I'm about to go watch it again on Netflix after this. All I did was watch it all day today. So <laughs> <laughs> the first, the first season. No, no, like the movie. Oh, oh I was like, you watched <laughs> the whole season of Hill House again. <laughs> No, no. I just finished Bly Manor. I can't do it all again. <laughs> just an emotional oh, yeah. roller coaster. Oh, it's terrible. So one thing I did like about this movie was the like like um the cinematography. You brought it up earlier. I think especially the interior shots. I think were so because it was a set. The out the exterior was actually a hotel in England. Uh, the yep. the Eddington. 
but that. the the inside the inside was done really well especially for that time and on a million dollar budget yeah what they what they did was to like make the house look more distorted was they used a lens on the camera that had curved edges yeah. so that like none of the like corners looked like Ace, well, I don't know. What you <laughs> right right angles. angles. There you go. I'm like asymmetrical. I don't. Here we yeah. are. Yeah. He the, he used that like uh, I, okay. Fun fact. I studied film in college, and yes. so that's what kind of got me into the whole thing. But he, I think he used a wide angle lens, and in the story, it's there's no corners in the home, so he wanted to like distort that so you couldn't see any like right angles, which is super mm. like, ugh, you know, like creepy. <laughs> it's like, yuck. yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like tight, right? One thing I noticed with this movie is that it reminded me of one of my favorite movies of all time or TV miniseries, I guess, is Rose Red, Stephen King. And if you've ever watched it, it's it's kind of loosely based off of uh, The Haunting. Mm-hmm. And it's really weird because now that I've seen this movie again, I can kind of pick up a lot of uh, the same things. And some of the quotes from the movies are kind of the same as well. And I didn't realize it was that close. Mm. I feel like there are a lot of like kind of iconic-y quotes yeah. in The Haunting. Like things that just kind of stood out to me. I'm like, to oh, you? That's, yeah. a, that's like a good quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when was the first time you watched this movie was it back when you were a kid or was it kind of later in your years it was definitely later um it wasn't one that was in the vhs cabinet full of (laughs) academy award-winning movies oh yeah um but i started watching turner classic movies really early on like in high school and i couldn't get enough um, and so this was on at some point when I was a teen in high school and I, I, and I remember watching it and I remember knowing the story because I had seen either the new version or Rose, but I can't, I don't even remember which one I've seen, <laughs> but I just recognized the story and, and this one just really resonated with me. And so over the years, anytime it came on, I would watch it and it's just become home. Maybe yeah. I should move to Hill House. That's well. It is in <laughs> England, technically, somewhere. Yeah. It's it never. England. It never actually. So in in this movie, when she's leaving Boston to like go to Hill House, first off, my first thought was, how the fuck are you going to get anywhere out of Boston without a GPS? Ever? <laughs> like I don't know how they yeah, did it for real. Secondly. Those highways that she says do not exist anywhere around Boston. Like, Highway 50 is, like, Missouri, maybe? And, like, that three, like, 236 or what, whatever the other highway was is, like, down in Rhode Island. Good well, what, what year was this? The, this, uh, 19, what? It was Well, the, mov- the movie was shot in 63, but I can't remember what year the movie was supposed to take place in. Was it also 63? I think it's supposed to be around the same time. Yeah. 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 But I looked it. I like looked it up, like because the mapper in me was like, I need to know if these were like real highways or not. Not real. But the second movie, and it never actually says where the mansion is, like in any of the the films or like TV show, or I think even in the book. But if you watch the second movie, the 1999 version, it mentions both Manchester and Concord. So I'm convinced it's in 
New Hampshire. New Hampshire somewhere. That's where we are. It has to be in New Hampshire. Oh, what? So you guys, I'm coming. Yeah. Let's go find it. <laughs> yes, let's, let's do it. That's our start adventure. knocking on doors. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, is this it? Hello. Is this it? Yo, is, you, is your house haunted? Is Can we it? come in? <laughs> just bottles of wine just clanking like we're coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's the girls again. <laughs> ding, ding. We came all the way from Texas. What's going on? Yeah, I love that. That's a good idea. <sighs> You'd be okay yes, here. yes. So can I just say um, Julie Harris's character, Eleanor, infuriating to me anyway i just I felt see. like i don't I'm, I'm sure she was kind of supposed to be kind of whiny oh no almost annoying no you're right so, nell is robbie's worst nightmare <laughs> to be completely honest like that's what nell is to uh, I, I was like oh my god I, she's talking again i was like i can't do it I'm like go back to theodora <laughs> you're, the voiceover was a bit much you know yeah, it's pretty it was constant. a lot like we got it was a, a lot we got it too much of nell but I love her, but also after, when I watch it so many times, because I originally was like, oh my goodness, those housekeepers are so suspect. But like, Nell's kind of an asshole, right? Yeah. She like almost- They're all assholes yeah, to them. She almost drives into the the gatekeeper or whatever. <laughs> no, he's not called that. He's something else. The gatekeeper. Mr. Dur- Durdsley or something master. like that. Yeah. Keymaster. <laughs> But she almost runs him over. And so, yeah, Nell's a problem. But she's had a rough childhood. It's true. She, um, she absolutely has. I feel like you're supposed to connect with characters in some way. In basically every movie, you're supposed to be like, I feel bad for this person. I sympathize with this person. I want to be like this person. Some kind of connection. I felt zero connection to all of these characters. Oh. And I don't know if that was on purpose. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't. I hate them all. <laughs> like, they're all just not great people. I mean, I really connected with Theo. So. I did too. I did love you? Theo. <laughs> like, how could you not? You know. I mean, she, I mean, she she's like clearly the, a very gay character. Yeah, they said so she's I, a lesbian. Listen, I didn't. I I first off, I did not know that the Haunting of Hill House, the Netflix series had anything to do with the haunting until i like looked up the haunting to watch and then like a bunch of stuff was like oh this is based on this i was like oh cool and so i had already watched that but then i started watching the haunting of or the haunting and i so i titled my notes um i have the worst gaydar ever (laughs) because in my brain in my in my brain theo in the tv show was a lesbian for like new age like equality stuff and so throughout the entire haunting movie i was like theo's definitely gay like (laughs) she's definitely like i had i was like see there it is like they're flirting like this is a thing obviously it's a thing because like yeah it's a running theme throughout both but did there was a scene at the beginning of this movie that was cut mm-hmm. and it was Theo at her apartment. Like she's an artist. So there was like a like art and shit around. And there was like a note, like she was like clearly upset. Like her lover had just like left. And, and like, there was a note that says like, I hate you or something like on it, but it was like clearly like set up to like make her look like a lesbian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they cut it from the movie because it's a little controversial, <laughs> but like, I think the myster like the mysteriousness that like Theo brings to it, the gayness, 
like without yeah yeah Yeah. well she's like mysteriously gay like they make a lot of hints at it that's what you want to be you just want to be a mysterious gay uh, I want to be a mysterious gay. You went the opposite route. Whatever, you just went full it's, out. it's sexy, is it not? Right, right. So I, my what? whole conspiracy theory is that this is all just suppressed uh, sexuality that that's making this house do this. So or like that um, that Eleanor's pain is like, or like her like psychotic break is like all just suppressed sexuality. So that's coming later. But yeah, yeah. I love it. Theo is literally my favorite. And the, but the fact it's like 1963, I mean, it's unfortunate that it wasn't like full on, like you knew, you know, that she was a lesbian character, but like, it's very much implied. And I think in 1963, they like got that. And I think that's tight because like, there was nothing done to that character. Like she just, I mean, for all intents and purposes, like most people liked her, right? So it's like, that's cool. She she was the best character in the whole movie, let's be honest. Right. And so I think that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I grew up loving her and wanting to be her. So I like that. And I like that it came out in 1963 portraying that. Me too. I think that the, the um, like, they weren't, like, scared to, like, just cut that out. Like, I honestly think that this 1963 version does a better job of, like, yeah, making does. sure that the audience knows that Theo is gay than they did in the 1999 version. <laughs> did she because just they say just kind of made her. Yeah, she was like, she says like my girlfriend twice in like the whole movie and then like gets hit on hard mm-hmm. by Owen Wilson like the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember never thinking that until 1963. And then I was like, okay. Good to know. Yeah. And then they, they seriously imply it right. on like <laughs> Netflix. I like but, your theory, yeah. but as the author proved, it's about ghosts. <laughs> I don't give a shit about it. I think it's gay suppress. The, the author's probably fucking gay and suppressed too. She doesn't even realize that she was just using it as a coping mechanism. <laughs> I've read a lot of places that like she she is lesbian. Yes! Yes, my theory is being so, proved. Oh my god. Don't give her any credit oh, for it. <laughs> that's what I read. I mean, some places say she's bisexual, but like she really has hit home with the LBG. You know, they the community loves her. So, like, what are you going to do? I'm a big fan. It's probably the case. I didn't know who she was until now, but, like, she's good in my book. Yeah. Me too. I, uh, idol. Theodora. <laughs> so, in a minute, we're going to get to our final thoughts on the movie. But before we do, we're going to take a quick ad break uh, from our sponsors, adamandeve.com. Are you like my lesbian podcast partner, Lauren, and stuck in a boring, sexless relationship? Wait, what? Luckily, there's a website for you. I'm boring? Adam and Eve is an online store where you get all the bedroom essentials to help spice up your relationship. Can we get back to this sexless thing? With an assortment of adult toys, lingerie, and sexy accessories, Adam and Eve has got you covered in the bedroom. Or in the kitchen. Or in the public library bathroom. Basically, anywhere you can have sex. The library? And even if you're not in a relationship, Adam and Eve has got your lonely ass covered as well. With an assortment of lubes, toys, and other pleasurable items, adamandeve.com will make you feel like you're not jerking off alone in your apartment ever again. So remember, if you're gay, straight, lesbian, bisexual, pansexual, pan-fried, or even deep-fried, Adam and Eve has got you covered in the bedroom. So head over to adamandeve.com and use our promo code brew for you and get 50% off almost any item in store. That's promo code brew for you, the number four, at checkout and get 50% off almost any item. 
And when you do, you also get 10 free gifts, courtesy of AdamandEve.com, including six spicy movies and a three-piece bonus kit. It's like a three-piece chicken bucket, but, you know, better. Now get out there and do some consensual You know, the kind where you stick your in their Then you get the Thousand Island dressing, you rub it all over your and you just jam it in there. You know what I'm saying? Salad dressing? AdamandEve.com, for all your needs. Cheers. And we are back from our wonderful ad break. Uh, we're going to get into some of the review scores here, as we normally do with our movie reviews. Normally, it's a pretty sad endeavor, but this one's not so bad. So that's good to well, know. Good. We're going to start with IMDb, which uh, Emily has her own page if you want to go see it. It's very short. Check it out. <laughs> Lauren's getting text messages. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm, I just have my notes up. Goddamn and then Danny texts me. Okay. Oh, I'm so sorry. On IMDb, oh, wait, is... by the way, if Go you do it. check out my IMDb page, it's short because they only put assistance in every other episode. <laughs> oh, no. You are, and you then, are like, miscellaneous you get to, like, crew. Trade, yeah, you get to like trade off with assistant spots. So, whatever. <laughs> But now the now it's like a VIP. Like anyone that listens to this episode is like, I know who that was. Yeah. yeah. Like I've heard their voice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the IMDB rating is 7.5 out of 10, which is ab- above, that's not bad. It's above average. I think that's good. Yeah. Rot- Rotten Tomatoes, the critic score is 88%. The audience is 82. Metacritic it's not bad. is It's because it's black and white. Yeah. Metacritic is 74 <laughs> out of 100. For the critic review. And their audience score is 7 out of 10. I don't know why they switch them. Critic is out of 100 and audience is out of 10. But it's basically the same thing. That's 74 weird. and 7. Critics need more room to like. <laughs> to spew their bullshit sometimes. To spew yeah. their bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really bad. Critics are weird. Yeah. You know, they're very pretentious. So Emily, I never read reviews, so it doesn't matter. So, are, so am I. I was called pretentious in the eighth grade, and I stuck with it. I was like, you know what? <laughs> the eighth fuck grade, yeah. just... <laughs> you're like, why the fuck not? I bet you know that person's name who called you that. I do. Yeah. <laughs> like, just what is it? I What's her name? Tell us, tell us now. <laughs> Cullen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a fucking name. Drop his last name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh! I'll, I'll blur that. He's out. like married now, but like I wouldn't do it. So. <laughs> yep <laughs> i wouldn't do it so emily if you had to rate this movie out of five because here at the brew interviews we rate our beers and our movies out of five what would you give it okay good cue good cue <laughs> i'm not we can go to lauren first if we need a second <laughs> yeah no i'm gonna give it to you let's give it a 4.8 okay you know wow because it's, what a good score it's like for haunted for scary movies for hauntings it's home to me so you know it has some faults yes and like you said robbie with nell's voiceover that is excessive (laughs) and it's too much you know but then but then again like it's something you can always turn on and get a good spook out of because there's so many elements of it that could make you scared you know whether it's ghosts or losing your damn mind so 4.8 i feel like we should end right. on mine because y'all are not gonna like it so we're gonna do lower next yeah yeah um so 
I I actually enjoyed the movie. I think I enjoyed it more because I had seen uh, The Haunting at Hill House and I spent a lot of the time like going back and forth, like comparing them like, oh, okay, like there's a Luke character, there's an L character, there's a Theo character, like, uh, and just kind of like comparing like how, I don't know, just like how authentic they were to each other, like even though they aren't like really that authentic, but I would give this movie a 3.25. I like it. And I'm not like an old movie. Like, I definitely have like ADD or something. Like, I can't sit through like a slow movie. <laughs> or so, a regular movie. Uh, or a regular <laughs> movie. Um, but I think that like, it kept my attention enough. You know, like it was just like enough like piecing together. Like, I liked the door that like bent inward. And like, I, I don't know. I just, I thought some of it was good. And I like my conspiracy theory. So I, 3.25. <laughs> Uh, so I gave it a two out of yeah. five. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love a good debate. Personally, I don't think it aged that well. I, I love, <laughs> like we said, I love the sets. The sets and the atmosphere and the cinematography was awesome. I think they were definitely on point. And I think it's a good, what's the word? Like like a training tool. Like if you're in film school, like, like this is something you should watch. This is something that gives perspective. But it's so slow. The characters are unrelatable and annoying. And I just, at certain points, I found myself more doing research about the film than actually paying attention to the film. And I don't know. And I like old movies, especially old horror movies. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But in my opinion, if you want a great 60s horror movie, I mean, you have Rosemary's Baby. You have Psycho. You have Eyes Without a Face. The Birds. Psycho is good. I mean, there's, there's, I think there's better but if you want a modern version of this, not the remake, obviously, but Stephen King's Rose Red is the same kind of thing where it's it's slow paced, but where Stephen King's, they did it correctly. I think they they hit points of where it was really slow and underwhelming, but then they hit you with big stuff every now and then to keep your attention. Like you said, Lauren, ADD sometimes. Yeah. And I kept waiting for things to happen in this movie, but they didn't. And that's where I think I was kind of let down. But that's just me. I think I that it. there were some things that I that I wish that they had like taken more advantage of. Yes. Like, um, like with the Nell talking in her head. Like, I wish that they had like correlated that with something. Like, have her talking in her head when like it's the things that Theo can like feel from her, or like with the knocking on the walls. Like the sound didn't move. It was just like thumping in like. And, like, the camera moving. Like, you couldn't tell the sense of movement, like, in the scene. Like, you just had to, like, assume yeah. that kind of thing. Like, I just wish that I had been, like, a little bit more creative like that. Yeah. But, again, it was, like... Well, which is weird because the so, score like, for this movie was awesome. But the... Oh, yeah. The score was great. The, like, the sound effects when they would, when the ghosts were, you know, banging and screaming, those were horrible. I'm like, oh, my God. Those did not age well at all. It's true. But also, it might have been from Robert's perspective of it being, like, a mm-hmm. psychological thing where he yep. didn't want it to be coming from one place, you know? Like, he wanted yep. to be, like, what the fuck? Like, where, you know, where... Coming what from are they in her seeing? head as opposed to... You know? Yeah. And so I think that's what's cool about it is that he took it from like a different direction where mm-hmm. he was like, this could just be a whole distorted perception for people and just a mind fuck when somebody's really scared, which happens to me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. Yeah. I don't know if he found out 
that his consp- his theory was wrong after the movie or before mm-hmm. the movie. So I don't know if that I think they discussed. Way. I think Did he they? went to Shirley and he and he said. Did you intend it to be ghost or did you intend it to be psychological? And she said ghost. And he was like, well, yeah. I'm going to go this direction. She was <laughs> like, like oh, tight. <laughs> she was like, tight, bro. Do what you want. Just give me the money. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad, bad way yeah. to go. So before we go, we're going to rate our beers and our wine, of course. Emily, also yes. out of five, what are you going to rate yeah. your wine? Yeah. Great cue. Great cue again. I'm going to give this one. <laughs> So I'll give it a 3.6. I love my Gaffino and I love my Santa Margarita. And this was a um, third choice at my liquor store. (laughs) (laughs) It was my third choice, but I love it. So 3.6. It goes down the pipe nice and well. And like I said, I can take my greeneries with it. And I'm feeling shellfishy. I think that's good, but the summertime and just it's hot here in Austin. I love it. I was I gonna like- say it was like forty degrees here today. That sounds <laughs> not like something I want to be doing. You're like, oh god. Wait, you're feeling shellfishy and not uh, lettuce? I don't know. I here? felt lettucey, but then there was like a hint of maybe shellfish. <laughs> I think she started with a garden yeah. salad and then ended on some like mussels. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Also, Lauren, going down the pipe knows me. is it's one of the pornos not... that you get from Adam and Eve. You get what? You get what? Say it again. A shellfish porno? No, no. You said uh. you said it goes down the pipe very easy, and I said, which is coincidentally one of the free porns that you get from AdamandEve.com when you use our promo code brew for you. You know, I always thought I should be like in the business of naming pornos. Oh, I thought you were gonna say in the porn you business. Robbie- I was gonna be like, don't do that. <laughs> I think I, I think we'd be good at that. Oh yeah, I do yeah. it all the time for fun. Robbie all the time is coming up with porn names. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's we'll, apply we'll, we'll bounce somewhere. some ideas off of each other. Maybe yeah. There you go. <laughs> get a get a think tank going. Yeah. It'll be great. <laughs> be a dirty think tank. <laughs> Lauren, wrong. What about your beer. Oh, my beer, right. Um, so I am drinking Good Gourd Imperial Pumpkin Ale from Cigar City Brewing in Tampa, Florida, uh, 8.8% ABV, and it's thick and pumpkiny and spicy and imperially, and it's <laughs> imperially. delicious. Very Russiany. Yeah, <laughs> it's real Russiany. Um, I think I I don't remember what I've rated this on like previous shows. Like I think I've had like two of them. Like this is like the third one I do one every year. Shit changes. Uh, I'm going to rate it a 3.5, especially on the pumpkin beer scale. Okay. Just because it's so good. It's just it's just like the perfect balance of like a little bit of sweet, like real pumpkin spice, like not that like fake pumpkin spice in like yeah. shipyard pumpkin ale, <laughs> but like real pumpkin spice. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Yeah. 3.5. What about you, Robbie? What is it? What's your... Uh, oil old oil beer <laughs> close <thing>. close <laughs> i drank old engine oil from harveston yeah um, yeah that. In, in scotland um it's six percent alcohol i never said that in the beginning and it doesn't taste like a six percent it drinks much heavier than that uh it's pretty average it's pretty mundane it didn't blow me off my socks it's just kind of there two five two point five so drinking motor oil no drinking motor <laughs> oil would be a little bit lower <laughs> <laughs> There's right. some beers that I've dumped before motor oil, so. Yeah, that's that's true. So I'll get the pumpkin. 
I'll get the pumpkin beer. Yeah. 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 Actually. <laughs> oh, wait. No. Wrong. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> I'm still going to try it. Maybe you guys should all try my wine. I gave it a 3.6. <laughs> Are you talking to us or the listeners? The listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and you. She's like, yes. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> Uh, all the people <laughs> well that just about wraps it up for this episode you can find the brew interviews on our instagram account at the brew interviews or on twitter at brew interviews you can also send us an email at the brew interviews at gmail.com or on facebook under the brew interviews and if you feel so inclined you can head over to our patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the brew interviews and become part of the brew interviews family just like these few people hillary mitch steph karen danny jess and the wreck my podcast crew thank you very much for supporting the show also, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps us out. And I would like to thank our sponsor, AdamEve.com. And be sure to use our promo code BREW4U. That's BREW, the number for you. And get 50% off almost any one item. When you do, you also get 10 free special gifts. And lastly, I would like to Porn. thank... Yeah, thank you, Lord. <laughs> You're welcome. And lastly, I would like to thank Emily for joining us tonight. We had an amazing time. Emily, where can the people find you and your podcast? At the Golden Ghouls. On Instagram, on Apple, on Spotify, anywhere you want to stream, check us out. We'd love to. We'd love to hear from you and see you and have you listen to ours. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally, if you put if you put Golden Ghouls in Google, it's like the second yeah. link. Yeah, the fir- it's like the first one's an advertisement, and then like the one. The I think pretty much anywhere you find us, you'll also find them. They also have yeah. a Patreon account yes. if you want to go over and join their Patreon as well. For the Brew Interviews, I'm Robbie. I'm Emily. And I'm Lauren. Good night. Good night. This has been the Brew Interviews, a podcast about craft beers coast to coast with Lauren and Robbie. You give me whiskey, I give you porn. That's how it works. Yes!